Hey everybody, this is John Millen with BenefitHackers.com. Today's episode is about why you would want to offer supplemental medical voluntary benefits even when you have a very rich medical plan. So what I'm talking about are voluntary benefits. Traditionally, these are plans like an accident plan, critical illness, cancer, hospital, confinement plans. Um, That's kind of the categories of voluntary benefits, what we call supplemental medical or supplemental health, because it supplements the medical coverage or it supplements the health benefits in a benefits package. And so there's lots of different companies that sell this. So I'll just name a few just so you kind of are on the same track. So these would be companies like Aflac, Colonial Life, um, Washington National, Allstate, Transamerica, and then a whole bunch of other ones, right? Unum, there's a whole bunch of companies now, even the medical carriers are starting to offer supplemental medical plans. So there's lots of them and it's growing. It's grown, it's probably doubled the number of companies offering these. It's probably doubled. I haven't run the numbers, but I would say it's doubled in five years, easy. Why? Because deductibles are going up at such a rapid pace that the risk to the employee and their family is is going up dramatically. And so by offering a voluntary benefit on payroll deduction, you as the employer, allow your employees to protect that risk at their own expense and a lot of employees see the value of that so but today I'm going to talk about what if you have a really rich medical plan and I'll give you a scenario so I was at one of my clients this week at their open enrollment and they have a $2,500 deductible and the company has a health reimbursement arrangement or account HRA. This is not an HSA, not a health savings account. It's a health reimbursement account or health reimbursement arrangement. Okay, it's very different. An HRA is money the employer pays for claims as they are incurred. And if there's no claims paid, there's no HRA dollars spent, but it's money the employer is using out of their own bank account to offset that risk. Now, I I can have a whole other topic about whether that is a good idea or not, but today I'm not going to get into that today because I have some really strong opinions on HRAs. So let's not talk about that. But this company basically said the employee has to fill $250 out of their pocket and then the, the employer funded the rest of the deductible up to $2,500. So it was a really very rich HRA plan very rich contribution and again I, I I don't think that's the right play but it, it wasn't my call I am just providing supplemental benefits on this client I'm not doing the medical so why did we offer and continue to offer an accident plan a cancer plan and a critical illness plan so I started the meeting by saying, look, the need for supplemental coverage, why people enroll in these supplemental benefits, these three, is to protect your your risk, your out-of-pocket exposure for medical cost, right? That was the probably the one of the initial driving factors, maybe. But the other piece of that side of that coin is that it also pays for non-medical expenses. 
And this is the piece that a lot of people are forgetting about or don't even realize. So at first glance, you would say, wow, they don't really need, why would you get a cancer plan when my exposure as an employee is only $250 and then the insurance and my employer pays the rest of my medical costs? Why would I need an accident plan for my whole family with young kids when my exposure on the family coverage is $500 and then the employer pays the rest up to $5,000? Why would I need that? And if you're only thinking about the medical exposure and that's all you care about, then you probably may not need it. You know, it's, it's questionable. I don't know. You probably could drop it. And I kind of said that in the meeting. I'm just being totally transparent with people like, hey, if, if all you're thinking about is covering a $250 deductible or $250 on the front end of that deductible, you know, I don't know if I would buy an accident plan to cover a $250 risk. I don't think that's, you're going to spend almost, almost $15 a month for the cost. I don't know if it's really worth it. That's not what insurance is for. Same with cancer insurance or if you have a heart attack or stroke, kidney failure. So I made that statement and I said, but understand the other big need of these plans is to cover your non-medical expenses. And this is the piece that I don't hear mentioned rarely from the health insurance community. And it's because people are only thinking about the medical risk, which is certainly a viable piece. And that's where a lot of these these plans fill that gap in out-of-pocket expense. And they pay the employee directly that money that's coming to them based on different issues that they go through. Sometimes it's thousands of dollars, tens of thousands of dollars they're getting paid for a $20 a month package. All right, so... It's a tremendous use. It's a, it's a very smart use of insurance because it's leverage. You pay 20 bucks a month, but I get $5,000 when I break my ankle. I'd say that's a pretty smart move, and I'd say everyone should, should be on that plan just in case because the, the cost is so small and the payout is so large, everyone should have an accident plan. That's my, that's my feeling. Um. Even if you have an HSA money, even if you have HRA money, why would you spend those dollars for five, why would you spend $5,000 of an HSA or HRA when you can spend $20 a month for insurance? So the non-medical piece, so what is it? So let me just walk you through a, a couple scenarios on a cancer plan and cancer insurance. I was on a call with a different prospect earlier this week and they had never heard of cancer insurance. I was like, wow. Cancer insurance has been around since 1954, I believe. I think Aflac was probably one of the early companies that offered it. And in 1954, I don't know exactly what the deductibles were back then, but I'm thinking they're pretty small. So why were people buying cancer insurance? Because of the non-medical exposure. So when someone, for instance, has um, cancer treatment, whether it's chemo or radiation or some other form of treatment, Usually, or let's assume that they're not off from work two, three, four, five weeks in a row where maybe hopefully they have short-term disability coverage, right? That would kick in. So let's say they go to chemo 
they feel terrible for two days and then they go back to work the fourth and then the the next week they repeat it and they do this for eight weeks short-term disability coverage never kicks in but they're burning through either vacation days paid time off days or maybe they're not even getting paid now hopefully their employer is not doing that but things you can't rely on that you can't assume your employer is going to always pay you when you're going through cancer treatment don't make that assumption it's not the employer's job to pay you for months and months and months and months when you're not at work because businesses can't survive long term so that money that comes in on a cancer policy is can be used for anything it can be used for lost work time it can be used for second opinions it can be used for out of network costs and this is a piece people totally forget about when you look at a medical plan you have an HMO, let's say, that has in-network coverage. And if you go out of that network, except for an emergency, you might not have any coverage, like no health insurance. You're, you're paying totally with cash out of pocket. Other plans will have an in-network and an out-of-network plan, like a PPO or a POS plan. So if you go out of network, your deductible and your out-of-pocket exposure, your, your out-of-pocket maximums have doubled usually. So they're a lot higher. So what happens is people want a second opinion and want to go to John's, John Hopkins and they're like, oh, let me just check and make sure this is in the network. Oh, it's not in the network? And okay, there's no copay for the doctor visit and that's pay out-of-pocket. So it, people might hesitate because of the cost. I don't know. I might not hesitate if it meant cancer and getting a second opinion, but having that money that's paid to you from a cancer policy upon diagnosis, imagine you have $10,000 or $5,000 or whatever coming in, lump sum first, and then you have a payout schedule. So every time you go to the doctor, you get you get cash back from that, from the insurance. Anytime you have a scan, radiation treatment, chemo treatment, you get paid. So you're getting this extra money that's offsetting your non-medical expenses. <clears throat> For a, an accident plan, a, let's say you're on a weekend, you have a child in soccer, they get a concussion. <coughs> they take them to the... <coughs> excuse me. I'm still fighting this. Arm bronchitis. Lingering. You take them to the hospital. They admit them into the hospital for, for observation for a couple of days. You miss Monday, Monday at work. What if you don't have any paid vacation? What if you don't get paid that day? That money that you got paid for that accident plan is not only helping with your medical expenses, but also helping with any non-medical expenses that come up, like the transportation back and forth, the time off back and forth. Maybe a spouse has to take off time that's unpaid, right? This this is happening where a spouse, they're like, sorry, if you're not working, we're not. if it's an hourly job, we're not, we're not paying you. And now you're deciding on helping out versus getting paid $20 an hour or $10 an hour. So an accident plan is a perfect example of a lump sum cash coming in and using that money for however you want. And I could go on and on and on, but I thought it was really important as I just went through this with a very rich, what I would consider a richly designed medical plan, although I wouldn't have designed it that way, but that's what was there. And I made those points. And I believe most people are, that have the accident and cancer and critical illness plans um, will probably keep them because they understand the value of having them. Um, and they also locked in their rates when they enrolled. So most likely if they were to cancel and then re-enroll next year, let's say the medical plan changes and gets worse next year, 
Well, now you're stuck. Now you're like, hey, I unenrolled, and now I have to re-enroll at a higher rate potentially. So I hope this is helpful. Um, let us know, benefithackers.com or hackmybenefits.com. Check us out if we can help you. There's a little form there. Just fill it out, and we'll get a contact with you. Thanks.